Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Second Success Podcast with me, Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for their feedback on the episodes to date. I very much enjoy taking it on board and using it to try and improve what I put out for you going forward. And if there is anything that you would like me to talk about in particular, please do let me know and I will try to include that in future shows. You can drop me an email at rakish.rana at theclearcoach.com or reach me through direct messaging on any of my social media platforms at The Clear Coach. We're about halfway through the national lockdown in the United Kingdom at the moment and it seems a little easier than the first time round. Not to say that it's not a big issue for businesses who have had to close or put people on furlough, but for those individuals having to stay at home, I think the structure and environments that they created for themselves the first time round are now easier to settle back into. It's no longer new, and as humans we like familiarity. When we're faced with something new or uncertain, that's when we get stressed and anxious. And I say that to a lot of my clients, that it's okay to feel a little bit stressed and a little bit anxious when we face something for the first time, or when we're trying something new. No one can avoid the unexpected, but there are simple steps that can help you better face the uncertainties in life. I'll talk about three simple steps now. So right now, limit your exposure to the news. There's so much negativity out there, and if that's all we consume, that's how we're going to feel when we feed our mind. It's very much like when we feed our stomachs. If we unhealthily, we feel sick. It's the same with our mind. Feed it positivity, feed it something great, and it will feel great. Secondly, Be kind to yourself when going through an uncertain period or when going through change. You'll go through the various levels of emotions including resentment, anger, disappointment before learning to accept and move forward. And these emotions vary on the time they take and are different for everybody. So understand and accept that it may take time and don't compare yourself to others and they may be dealing with change. Everybody processes things at different rates. And thirdly, focus on what you can control. With so much uncertainty out there, there are so many things that are out of our control. If you stick to creating the right environment for your success, whether that's mentally or physically, that's going to stand you in great stead. Focusing on how you're eating, you're exercising, possibly meditating, and how you're engaging with your friends is more important than the stress and anxiety caused by things that are actually out of your control completely. These are just three simple effective ways you can use to limit the stress and anxiety that you may be feeling currently. There are plenty more ways out there. If you want to know more, please do feel free to reach out. Success comes from being able to manage our stress and anxiety well. Talking of success, this is a great way to introduce today's guest on the podcast, my friend, Daniel Daggers. Daniel has spent the last 23 years in real estate. Starting at the age of 17 as a real estate agent, he was headhunted a decade later to join Knight Frank as a senior negotiator. Over the following 12 years, Daniel worked his way up to partner of the Private Wealth Office, advising the ultra-high-net-worth community on their portfolios, buying, selling and leasing in London and further afield. During his career, Daniel has advised and executed close to $4 billion worth of sales, including one of London's most expensive homes, for what was reported to have sold for £95 million. In 2018-2019 alone, he sold 13 properties for a total of £246 million and brought to the market on behalf of his clients £1 billion worth of residential assets, predominantly in London, but also including one of California's most prized sites valued for $150 million. This has rightfully earned him the moniker Mr. Superprime. 
Daniel is now looking to leverage technology and social media to disrupt the real estate world. Let's hear what he had to say. Daniel, welcome to the show. And uh, it's great to have you on. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the invite. I've mentioned that this is Second Success Podcast, and we're looking at and talking with individuals who've had success, who have achieved something in their life, but now moving on to something else, possibly their second success. So what I want to talk to you about today is what got you to where you are now? If we could start with that, that'd be fantastic. What got me where I am now? I would say my upbringing was was immense actually i said on my on my instagram the other day on my questions and answers is that my parents put me in positions of stress right and my mum called me because my mum watches me over social channels because it's something for us to talk about and she said what do you mean that you we put you in positions of stress and i said to them mum you didn't do it i don't think you did it on purpose but the environments that i was placed into were foreign environments for someone like me and therefore, um, it challenged me to try and to adapt to situations. And I think it was probably the decisions that you made were probably the wisest decisions that, you, that have really shaped my um, my being, right? And how I how I uh, conduct my life. So, um, you know, for instance, I was the only Jewish boy, and I went to an inner city boys club, and uh, and I was bullied because of my race and. Uh, religion, even though I'm not religious, but you know I was different to everyone else. And as kids, it's very hard to to see the differences in people, right, and accept them. And and it gave me a really strong backbone, and it gave me the ability to speak to loads of different cultures, loads of different kinds of people. Um, and that really helped me with uh, my durability from a from a psychological point and my uh, communicative abilities. So I think a lot of it came from my childhood. I took moments of stress as opportunities to build my strength and abilities and skill set that was a good place to start from okay i, I like that because uh, i think it's tony robbins who talks about that i mean he had a quite a bad childhood uh poverty abuse etc however what he what he says is that's what shaped him into the person he is today and i, I think you know you look at a lot of people who have may have had hardships at the time they would have, would have suffered or maybe not as enjoyed them as much however they've turned it around and used that as their strength going forward so you know it's good to see that you saw the positives in it, in it all and not yeah i mean i definitely when i when i have children mm-hmm. um whilst it's probably very easy to mollycoddle them mm-hmm. um i will have to look back and recognize you know that the, the the belief structure that I've got, you know, um, and that I can do it, and being committed. <laughs> my my kids do uh, say to me, Dad, you don't care. But sometimes it's not about not caring; it's about not. You're right, not mollycoddling them and making sure that they're building that resilience and strength to take them forward. Taking what you'd learned in your childhood, we'll see that you've had success in uh, real estate, and you are known as Mr. Super Prime. So let's bring us up to date with that. So I went into a state agency when I was 17. I didn't, I didn't, uh, well, I was told I didn't have much of a future because I didn't excel at school, which is the immediate barometer when you leave school, right? You get good grades. You think, well, the world's my oyster. You get bad grades and you think, oh God, I'm in this shit now. I never felt that I was on a fast way to success. Uh, in fact, I, I recognized that I had to baby step it and I was conscious about the kid i remember being 17 18 19 years of age 
and thinking, well, I just need to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep learning, keep learning. A bit, a bit like training for football, because I wanted to make it as a professional footballer and I wasn't good enough. Um, but I did recognise that when I trained, particularly on Christmas Day, I didn't know that I was going to play against the week after, wasn't training that day, right? And so it's inevitably going to have a positive impact on my future abilities. So there was that. And then I went into agency and then I just recognized where I made mistakes. I recognized where other people made mistakes. And then there was a particular moment when I was about 22, so or 21, 22, when I was sat in the office trying to solve a puzzle relating to a sale of a flat. Um, this guy, Chris, was selling his apartment and there was complications in relation to the purchaser's financing and stuff like that. And I remember opening up to the floor and there was probably 50 years worth of experience there. And they couldn't come to they couldn't come to an answer uh, to solve the problem. And I then just blurted out and solved it myself. And that's when I recognised that maybe um, maybe I do have an ability. You know, maybe I do have more more of ability, and I should just double down. Um, and so I recognised what was good and what was bad about how I work, my strengths and my weaknesses. And then I gradually climbed the problem, you know, the invisible league table. Um, and my name was starting to get out and other companies was taking notice of me. And I moved to a very big organization called Knight Frank. And then I had a goal in my head to be the best in the office from a from a transactional point of view, you know, quantums of trade. And uh, that happened pretty quickly. Uh, it was 2007. The market was 2007, 2008. In theory, uh, last one in, first one out. But I performed after six months not doing a deal, which I found very difficult. I performed really well. And um, I became the highest fee earner in that business and was in the top probably two fee earners for the rest of my time there. Great story. Daniel, if I could pause you there. One thing that's uh, standing out to me is that there's an innate drive that you've got there. First of all, you know, not doing what you know you'll never do well at school you'll never amount to anything and then starting working at 17 and only seeing the real change at 22 so that's five years where's this drive come from succeed well i didn't i don't have anyone else to lean on no one else is going to pay the bills so it's all on me i'm gonna have to look after my parents you know 82 and 70 78 now or sorry 81 and 78 i knew that i'd have to look after her body you know that was my position in life that was the deck of cards that i've been uh i've been um handed so uh, it's all down to me being growing up as a kid just one million percent working through things and wanting to excel i think sport sport was a big um a big thing for me you know having that that battle against other people, regardless of it's kicking a football or, or, you know, running against somebody. I think it gives you that natural push, that natural drive. Um, training in particular, yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely helped. But I'm, I'm, I'm also, there's also a part of me that wants to prove myself right. And in the beginning, it was to others because what other people thought of me was more important than what I thought of myself. And then gradually as I got older and I recognised that I had you know, abilities, and I was performing, I started to care less about what other people thought of me and more about what I thought of myself. And that's a realisation that I think a lot of people get. It is about people pleasing, doing things for others, whether that's your parents, your peers, your teachers, your employer. 
that's the, I see that across the board. And there is that self-actualization at some point. In my industry, because it's quite a mature industry, it comes with age and experience. Mm. But I think there's so many new industries out there where age and experience is less relevant that some people may find that natural habitat of believing in themselves and wanting to please themselves at a much earlier stage. This, this drive, this ambition, this self-improvement of yourself, it got to you, got you this uh, uh, moniker as Mr. Super Prime. You've had loads of success. What makes you carry on? What makes you now want to move on, leave that behind and do something not entirely different, but obviously moving away from an employer? Um, there's, a, there's a big legacy play here. Um, money doesn't drive me, which makes it extremely powerful for me because money isn't necessarily impact what I'm going to tell people. So I don't want to be the saddest, richest man in the room. I do want to be the guy who leaves the longest legacy and the biggest legacy. I want to be uh, I want to be the guy that everyone goes, you know what, well, that he changed things. He he made a difference. And I want my family to recognize that one day. And I want the people to treat my family well because I've treated everyone else well. I just think that there's a holistic view to, to the world right now. Um, it's very much about building a legacy. I, I, I find uh, you've, all, you've almost answered a question that I would have been asking you right at the end. You, you know, what is it that you'd want to be remembered for? However, you've identified that and it's your drive now to do what you do next, which takes us into it's a great segue into what we're what I want to talk about now is what is it that what is it that you're doing next that you've taken principles from your past that is helping you move forward well first and foremost what what I'm planning to do next or what I'm building to to do is that um I want to give more opportunity to more people I feel that we're coming out of a of the previous industrial revolution where uh traditions and wealth was encompassed in certain phases, certain groups of people. And I think at time that with technology and where it's going, that people have more opportunity. And if a, if a, little, a little guy like me is able to make a bigger difference, which I can do with technology now, then that's what I really want to do. Because I think that over the past five years, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, I've listened to a lot of it really fascinating people. I take um I take a huge amount of inspiration from others, whether or not they recognise it or not is a different is a different thing. But I really do. I listen a lot. I think that it's time that people need to think bigger. They need to think more of themselves. They need to have more self love. We have been as a as a group of people. We've been told to stay in our lane and do our thing. And that's that kind of thing. And what I would want people to do is to believe themselves a little bit more, have confidence in their ability and do things that is different to others. This is something that is probably very different to what we've been told as generations, right? This is what you do. This is where you go. This is how you do it. So on and so on. I've never been the person after exploring the avenues that have been given to us. I've never been the person who just sits in that avenue, stays in that lane. I've always wanted to see whether or not the surface beside me is a, is a slightly more comfortable surface to, to, to sort of drive on, right? Or it might be a quicker surface. And I've tested very softly opportunities. And when I see that doing something slightly differently has an upside, I go for it. I always say that life's a roller coaster. We can always pick and choose which roller coaster we ride on. Yeah, we have to, as a generation, tell young people or not tell, but advise and support young people 
in doing things that they want to do because if we all did everything the same way, nothing would change. Groupthink is probably the worst thing possible. So in, in that light, and I'll ask you this question probably differently to how I would ask uh, other guests that I have, is what are the three things, three attributes, three key attributes that would warrant, you know, somebody coming through now, whether they're going to go into an employment, whether they're going to start their own business? What are the three key attributes that people need right now? Insane amounts of integrity. That's what I would be looking for somebody is, is the integrity they hold. Doing what you say, being unwavered, being kind um, and doing things the right way is a wonderful place to be. So integrity is very important. If you have strong integrity, people will consistently want to do business with you. I would say surround yourself with people who are brighter than you or better than you at whatever it is you want to do. And consequence is more important than ever in a world where practically everything is visible. So if you make a mistake now, everyone will know about it. If you are excellent, everyone will know about it. And I think understanding consequence, if you do X, you get Y. And if you do X with a bit of a twist and you get Z, you need to understand what happens. Uh, However, consequences Mm. are important, but also failure is important to learn from as well. So as much as everything's in the public eye, I think it's taking ownership of any failures that you might have I think is important. Yeah, well, what I love about, about the world right now is we have the ability to watch some of the best performing business people on the planet. And we have the ability to understand their thinking. So there's a guy called Chama. He runs a business called Social Capital. I think he's from Sri Lanka. Uh, He was one of the first employees at Facebook. He's worth billions. And the guy is phenomenal over social channels. And he explains to people that he suffers with insecurity. He suffers with imposter syndrome, which I've done for many years. And he's very open about his emotions and says what he's good and bad at, and that he has two therapists and all these things. This is one of the most powerful men on the planet. Two decades ago or a decade ago, you would never have somebody talk that way in an open environment because it shows us signs of weakness. In fact, telling people that you're not good at something shows a sign of how strong you are. That's how I feel. When I tell my clients that I can't, I can't write letters as well as other people, right? my spelling's atrocious, they know that my value position is not how well I write or my spelling. My value proposition is how well I will present or represent them, I should say, yeah. in the market. And so these things are so powerful. When you say you're not good at something, it is so powerful. Working to your strengths in the end and letting people know what your strengths are. Yeah, well, I think understanding your weaknesses and then working to your strengths. Well, one thing I do want to say about about your um, about this this podcast and the second phase of winning is that when people get to their 20s, I think they've won an awful lot. I just don't think they recognize it. When people get to their 30s, I think they've won an awful lot. They just don't recognize it. When people get to their 40s, they won a tremendous amount. They just don't recognize it. I haven't been great twice. I've been great loads of times. Just no one's ever told me. And I haven't believed it. So I was a great footballer for my environment. I was I wouldn't say I was great at tap dance, but I was pretty good at it. I was pretty good at playing the violin believe it or not. There were loads of things over the years that I was really good at, but it didn't amount to anything. And we've been oppressed for so many decades about not talking about how good you are about things and being embarrassed about talking about it is just what it does is it stunts your growth and your ability to feel that you can do more. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a cultural thing as well. I mean, I've, I've got friends and family out in the US. They you know they, they have a completely different upbringing. They're in every small achievement is 
you know, is uh, rewarded or talked about, and you're pushed. But look, you know, but look you, about. Look, some... look at the world right now. Look where all the new businesses, all the new startup businesses are coming from. They're not necessarily coming from the UK. Maybe we have to adapt. Maybe we have to adapt our mentality. I really believe that. I think that but it's very funny. Growing up as a kid, uh, not as a kid, but in my working environment, people would say, oh, he's arrogant. He's so confident, but he's arrogant. And, and actually, they misconstrued my intentions. If you ask me if I'm good at something, and I am good at it, I'm going to tell you I'm good at it. For the same reasons, if you ask me if I'm bad at darts, I'm going to tell you I'm really bad at darts. Or if you ask me if I'm bad at spelling or grammar, I'm going to tell you I'm really bad at it. Now, because I focus on my strengths, I talk a lot about stuff I'm really good at. Now, I don't believe that anyone is going to want to do business with me if I am, oh, yes, I'm okay at it. No, no. People want to know. You take it. There's an element of accountability, transparency. When you say, I am brilliant at something, that's it. That's your marker in the sand. I want to help somebody whenever they choose to act for me for whatever it is. I want to I'm dealing with the best person I can possibly deal with. And I personally think that we do need to stand on our two, two, our own two feet. And like you said before, you know, what, what drove you? And you said, well, you've got to do it yourself. There's no one else to lean on. And to be honest, we've got to be our own, uh, we've got to blow our own trumpets. We've got to be our own loudspeaker because more often than not, nobody else is going to be talking about us. So we've got to be, be talking about ourselves in the best possible light. Agreed. But I also think it's a slightly different, there's a slightly different way of looking at this. Two decades, I keep referring back to two decades because we got, we've gone through an industrial revolution. But if we go to two decades ago, back two decades, the only people who were able to advertise how good they were were the organizations that had money, which tended to be the traditionalists. Now, because of social media and everyone has the ability to produce content and therefore advertise, you need to understand that it is your time to advertise your services. And you need to be unashamed because there are billions of people on the planet that will be doing the same thing. And so if you don't make the world aware of what strengths you have in the business you choose, then you might as well just stay in your little box in the corner of a room. No, I completely agree with you, Daniel. And for me, that is the inspiration. I mean, the guests I have on are inspirations to me. And it's not necessarily that I know everything. The reason I bring people on is to learn and to be inspired. And I think that's something that you've definitely delivered on today is that we've really not touched upon anything about real estate. It's all been about psychology. It's how you need to be a better human being. And that's what I've been getting from you. Thank you. It is all about psychology. I think all business is about psychology. Yeah. I wish I had the grades to study it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, though, Daniel? I do think that you don't need the grades to study anything. I was, I mean, you know a little bit about me that I was a bit of an academic, a bit of a geek, uh, head in the books. Uh, however, what I find now, and, and you've said it yourself, the amount you've learned from others just by listening, podcast, viewing, whatever, that's where the education comes from. It's about listening, learning, and then applying. And I think the theme in your life has been that what, application. Application and being prepared to be patient. I think it's something that um, the younger generation are re not reluctant, but I'm not sure they appreciate the value of being patient. You know, it's very difficult, especially when you're seeing, you know, the odd person make a huge success out of themselves. And whilst I can show everybody on social media all these amazing homes that I've, you know, gone into and people that I've met, and what they don't realize is that this is the 23rd year in the industry. And I started off by selling studio flats. 
I mean, in the end, it's it's what the perception. This is the, I suppose, the the bad side, or I wouldn't really call it bad, but the other side of social media is that the perception that somebody's an overnight success when they're not. If somebody was to only come across your profile now, they would think, oh, super successful guy. But they don't realise that you've put 23 years into it. They just see what they see in, as an immediacy. I would love to have been able to document my days when I was a young agent, you know, or younger agent, I should say. The amount of hours, you know, I used to walk around with bundles of keys, perspiring when I got in my car after I'd just passed my driving test. And having people sit in my car and judge me on my parking and then getting to a door and not having the right set of keys and having someone judge me on my ability of just even thinking about, pick, you know, picking up the right set of keys and then showing an apartment. And, you know, all these stresses, all these small elements that you have to, you know, build up to get to where you've got to now where you feel comfortable in your being at work. It's taken a long time. You know what? I think that's a fantastic place to uh end this and i just wanted to thank you very much and honestly daniel you i know just following you on social media and knowing you that you are an ins huge inspiration to so many people um the engagement that you do with your uh, people that follow you i think it's fantastic and for me this has been an inspiration so thank you very much oh that's so lovely to hear no thank you and that was daniel daggers a genuinely amazing and inspirational person who i very much get a lot of value from he's built his career on hard work establishing great relationships and understanding that it takes time to be truly successful. And as you heard from Daniel, it's important to be proud of your achievements. It's important to be your own loudspeaker, to stand and shout about the successes that you've achieved. And for those of you looking to achieve success, the three standout attributes that you need to be conscious of, as Daniel described are, firstly integrity. If you say you're going to deliver on something, make sure you do. Be honest and show a consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical principles and values. As a former scientist, the medical analogy of the Hippocratic Oath comes to mind. What's the oath you'll place in how you work? Secondly, to have better people around you in what you want to achieve. In the words of the entrepreneur and motivational speaker Jim Rohn, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If you spend most of your time with people who watch Netflix, you'll probably watch Netflix all the time. If you're around people who eat unhealthily, you'll probably eat unhealthily too. If you're around people who read a lot, you'll probably read a lot. If you spend time with people who strive for excellence and are successful, guess what? You'll probably be successful too. And finally, to understand the consequences of your actions and to take responsibility. Being in positions of responsibility from a young age really taught me that I need to be very wary of the consequences of my actions. Being the eldest of four siblings, looking after the welfare of undergraduate students whilst I was doing my postgraduate studies, and then looking after the welfare and development of junior staff when I was managing teams during my IT years. This responsibility very much made me wary of the consequences of my actions. Thank you very much again for listening to this episode of the Second Success Podcast. And again, a huge thank you to my guest today, Daniel Daggers. Please do follow and subscribe to the Second Success Podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. Also, please do share with friends and family. I look forward to bringing you another guest on next week's show. Today, I'd like to leave you with a short clip from a movie that I enjoyed very much called Coach Carter. This particular clip reminded me very much of what Daniel spoke about in terms of being confident in shouting about our own successes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. 
And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, The Clear Coach.